Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey everyone, um, I'm recording this early this week. It's Wednesday. I plan my week quite poorly. I want to go to the shore on Friday and all week I was like, oh, I'll record Thursday night. I don't know why it like just was not in my mind that I sit in class from 5.30 to 9.30 on Thursday nights. So I'm scrambling to do this on Wednesday night. Um, First of all, like all of the Britney Spears stuff just broke a little bit ago and it's really depressing. I actually like kind of forced myself off Twitter to record this because it's just it's really upsetting to read. Obviously, I'm sure everybody's heard about it when you'll be listening to this on Sunday. Um, the stuff with the IUD is especially egregious. It's just really fucking sad. And I, it's all I can think about at this exact second. But, <clears throat> you know, I hope that Brittany gets some justice. I was always kind of one of those people that felt uncomfortable with the way some of her fans um, like pride so hard into everything. But I guess they were right. I mean, they were right about the conservatorship. They were. Um, I still think, though, that I was always uncomfortable with anybody speaking for her, not just her family, but also her fans. And so I think it's really good that she's been finally able to speak for herself. I think that's the most important thing that's come out of this so far is that she's been allowed to, like, say her own words. The fact that she hasn't been allowed to is just devastating. And I'm sure Troy will have a really good episode out about this. Um, I would imagine he's processing his feelings right now, but I'm sure that he will listen or he will post about that. So go listen to Dunzo. I like I just have a feeling there'll be a bonus episode or some sort of episode out about this. Um, So yeah, Free Britney, you know, which is by the way, like mea culpa, because when all this Free Britney stuff started happening, I actually really didn't like that name. I don't know. It just always felt so invasive. Like it felt like fans were demanding to have access to like her information, but then also it felt like the courts were being too restrictive. It just felt I just always was like this just felt like if it felt like fans were prying into something that they didn't necessarily deserve to be invited into. And like in a way I still feel like that, but I, there's no denying the fact that all of this is happening because her fans made so much noise about it like they are the ones that brought this into happening you know they're the ones that essentially got the documentary made and then they're the ones that like I'm assuming that's why Brittany finally was able to share so yeah okay I want to move on from this this I mean not to laugh but there is some teen mom news which is it's not great guys it's not great so it just came out today that apparently on Monday Javi and Lauren um, got into a fight and Lauren like repeatedly punched Javi in the face in front of Eli and he went and got a PFA against her protection from abuse order but then the next day he dropped it so I don't really know what's going on they were actually in Florida last week on vacation and Lauren like didn't post anything about it and then Javi posted a video of her and you can tell she didn't want to be in the video Um, they were there until Sunday and then I guess they had this raging fight on Monday. Girl, girl, Lauren, girl, what are you doing? I, 
you know, the fact I I don't know what to say about this because obviously if what Javi said is true, like Lauren's actions are completely inexcusable, completely inexcusable. And she is the one that is responsible for her behavior. Um, you don't hit people. You're not allowed to hit people. You, you can't hit people, um, especially like an, a partner. Like you can't in front of your child. Like you can't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. But I do wonder like why she was back with them. Like, girl, what are you doing? I just I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't want to sound too sympathetic to Lauren in this because she is the bad person in this. But I do think like we all know that Javi has treated her like dog shit for the last three years. So it's like, girl, what the fuck are you doing? Why were you back in that man's house? Like how how out of your mind can you be to be back with him? It just it's so like if this doesn't embarrass her to stay away from him, imagine this coming out like pfft. the fact that she was too embarrassed to tell anybody publicly that they were on vacation last week together really says it all. In my opinion, I speak from experience on that. If you are in a relationship where you feel like you cannot share that you are with that person because of the way that people will judge you, then you should not be together. <laughs> Like that, that's some early 20s bullshit. I think Lauren is rounding the corner on her late 20s. So the fact that she was like taking a vacation with somebody that she is too embarrassed to tell people she's with because of the way he's humiliated her, I think says enough. Hearing that she like punched him repeatedly is really scary. I mean, it really scares me. It It's... <sighs> She is a child, and when I hear about things like that, it's like, okay, it worries. I guess what I'm trying, like, I'm not saying that I think she's going to abuse the baby. Like, I, I don't think it's that, but I do think it's alarming when a parent is willing to be physically violent with an intimate partner like that because it speaks a lot to the way that they react under anger. And eventually, does that turn on your children? I mean, yeah, and a lot of, I'm, we know that that is the case in a lot of families. It starts between the parents and then the abuser turns on to one of the children. And I hope for Lauren's sake and for Eli's sake that she not only leaves Javi, but she gets some serious help for whatever is going on that has resulted in her having a physical fight with Javi. I mean, I don't even know if fight is the right word because fight kind of implies two people. And I don't know if that's the I don't. I don't know if Javi put hands on her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's the right word to use. A fight. A fight. A fight just feels a little too consensual, I guess I'll say. You can't hit people. You really. Oh, God. I mean, she's lucky she didn't get arrested. You know, like she's really lucky that Javi didn't call the police on her. Imagine throwing your whole life away like that over Javi. (laughs) Over Javi. Girl, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like I said, I'm not trying to imply that I think Lauren hits Eli. Like, I I don't think that as far as we know. I'm just saying that, like, I think that if you are a person that is willing to physically fight someone as a grown-up, unless you have been attacked first, then you should be um, figuring out your shit and figuring out why you're willing to do that and figuring out how you can stop doing that because you are going to get yourself into trouble, even if it isn't somebody in your family, even if it isn't your partner. Like, you know, once you're in your late 20s, you shouldn't be fighting. 
that's just a rule. Like, just stop fighting at a certain point. You know, the consequences are too severe. And I mean, Lauren could face really serious consequences over this, even though he did drop the PFA the next day. I guess he said, like, I'm no longer afraid of my son's mother. Like, this could really affect some custody shit if Javi decides to get petty. You know, like, imagine losing your child over this or seriously having your visitations limited. Mm-mm. Lauren, girl, girl. Also, like, come on the show. Get paid for this. What are you guys doing? You're getting humiliated for free, and you have the opportunity to be humiliated for a lot of fucking money. Call up MTV, say, Larry, hey, Larry, I want to come on the show, pay me $100,000, and I'll talk about hitting Javi in the face. Like, get paid for this. What are you doing? <laughs> You you have the rare opportunity to make money off of being a piece of shit. And so you should do it. Get back on this fucking show. Is Kale going to talk about this on the show? I don't. Can Kale talk about this on the show? Because if Kale talks about this on the show, how will they possibly uh, not talk about her getting arrested for, you know, doing the same exact thing? Uh I don't know. Once again, I still don't understand why that has not been brought on the show. (laughs) It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Bring Lauren and Javi back on the show. Air this out. Have have Kale talk about this and then have Lauren bring up her arrest. Like, what are we doing here? Why am I watching a storyline about Kale getting PCOS and like crying about the fact that she can't lose weight when this shit is going on? What are what are we doing? I don't I don't care about this. Oh, God. Okay. I guess we're just going to talk about kale. Okay. (laughs) I don't know how I want to talk about this. Um, I don't love, I don't know. I don't love this storyline. I think that, you know, I believe the science that unfortunately diets don't work, that once you're fat, it's extremely hard to not be fat anymore. Um, It's what all of the studies say. I would like to call bullshit on almost everything Kale said in this episode. (laughs) Like, what she said doesn't match my reality of following her on this show and on social media, right? Like, so Kale's whole thing is that she has PCOS, which, okay, first, well, not okay, because like if I have, I'm not watching another PCOS storyline. I'm not doing it, MTV. I'm not doing it. And you need to figure out a way for me to not do that because I'm not interested in that. We already are doing it with Macy and we don't need it from two cast members. We just don't. So Kale apparently decided to see a doctor because she was getting really heavy periods and she says she was unable to lose weight no matter what she did. She said she was eating right and she was going to the gym and she wasn't losing a single pound. To that I say, I don't really believe you. (laughs) She had been going to the gym and was posting about it for like three weeks. And as we all know, you really can't lose weight via the gym, unfortunately. It's like 95% food. Of course, you can get you get physically healthier in the gym, right? Like you get healthy in the gym, but you lose weight via food. And Kale saying that she had been eating right and was working out so hard and wasn't losing a single pound. I'm like, were you? I I mean, I like I believe her that she has PCOS and like this definitely could be affecting it. But at the same time, in last week's episode, we saw her eating 
wings. And like every time she's eating on camera, she's eating takeout. And every time she posts food on her stories, she's out at a restaurant eating heavy meals. I know she goes to Starbucks like every single day. I don't really believe her that she's doing everything she can to lose weight. And I want to clarify that like I don't care. I don't care if Kale's gained weight. I don't care if Kale loses weight. I don't care about how Kale eats. Like, there is nothing I care less about than how these women eat. Like, I really, I do not care about that. But now it's the fucking storyline, so we have to fucking talk about it. (laughs) Which isn't fair. I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk about this. But, like, what am I going to do? Be like, Kale talked about her weight this episode, and now we're not going to talk about it? Kale is insistent that she has been doing everything in her power to lose weight. And I just, I don't think that's true. I just really, I really don't. Now, the super heavy periods, whatever, like it's good. If she does have PCOS, it's definitely good that she got diagnosed with it. I'm glad that she saw a doctor for it and got a test. I think that was a really good decision. She definitely, you know, benefits from knowing if she has certain health issues going on. I'm not saying that, but I just, I don't know. Like, what ha- <laughs> what have you done, Kale? Have, by the way, <laughs> Fiona reminded me that Kale once said that she doesn't cook because she's scared of knives, <laughs> which I totally forgot about. Oh, gosh. Like, Kale doesn't cook. That's the thing. And she does, she eats out, like, all of her meals, and she eats like shit. Which, like, same. Me too. I eat like shit. I barely cook. Like, and I'm not losing weight because of that. And it would be like if I got up on this mic and was like, well, I've done everything that I can because I've been, like, taking walk because I take walks in the middle of the day at work. Like, I take an hour walk a lot of days. Like, that, that, that if I, like, sat here on here and was like, I've done everything I could. I have no idea what's happening. Like, no, that's not what's happening. What's happening is that I eat like shit, which is okay. I mean, it's not okay. But like, who cares? It's not a value judgment on me, right? Like Kale's weight and Kale's habits are not a value judgment on her. And I do get it. Like, I can't imagine how fucking hard it is to be in the public eye. Like, I, please, that's my worst nightmare. I mean, people call me fat all of the time. If you go look at my reviews, you can see how many people call me fat. I get people DMing me, calling me a fat, ugly bitch. Like, I get called fat a lot, but I am fat, so it's okay. Like, I know what my body looks like. Um, I understand that it's used as an insult because fat fat equals bad in our society. And it doesn't make me feel good to receive those. Like, it, it's not like I'm like, oh, who cares? Like, you got me fat. Like, who cares? That's not what I feel like. But I do think I've reached a point in my life where I can get that and be like, OK, because in my opinion, it says like much more about the person that feels like they should DM me to call me a fat bitch. Like, like you have a serious problem if you're doing that. If you are listening, if you're hate listening to this, which like, fair enough. How many fucking things do I hate watch? Fucking teen mom, I hate watch. All of the shit that I consume, I hate watch. So like, I really get if people hate listen to me each week. By the way, somebody not that long ago, and like a couple months ago, tagged me in a Facebook group that I'm in. But I've like unfollowed all the Facebook groups. Um, but I guess I was still in it. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, I hate listen to her every week. And it was like the first thing I saw when I got on Facebook. And I was like, no, OK, I, I didn't need to see that. <laughs> Like, okay. 
But yeah, I know people hate listen and that's totally fine. And if you want to like create commentary about me, totally fine. But like if you feel the need to reach out and DM a person and call them a fat bitch because like you don't like the content they put out, like that says more about you than it does about them, right? So like I I'm in my 30s, like I'm at a place in my life where I really I accept who I am and somebody calling me fat, it doesn't feel good, but it also like doesn't it doesn't upset me necessarily. Like it just it doesn't really upset me. It's like, yeah, I'm fat and I know you're trying to hurt my feelings. Like, okay. You hurt them a little. Like, does that make you feel good? <laughs> so, like, I get where Kale's coming from on, I mean, mine is, like, one one millionth of what she gets, right? Like, constantly on Reddit, there are posts about how fat she is. They showed the tweets. Although, I will say, they showed one that talked about her diaper ass. And to that, I say that's not about her uh, weight gain. That's about her terrible BBL surgery she got. Like that ass has never looked good. It's always been a bad surgery, always. So I didn't think that was necessarily a fair tweet for them to share. But like I can't imagine how shitty it feels to every time you get online, people are calling you a fat bitch. Like that sucks. It sucks to be in the public eye and have people constantly be commenting on your body. It's why I could never be in the public eye like that. Like it I never it would be so I can't like (laughs) I don't know how they deal with that I really don't but (sighs) hearing hearing Kale blame her inability to lose weight on PCOS I was like okay (laughs) okay girlfriend I get I guess I mean maybe more it's like whatever relationship that you have with food which is a mental health thing is probably the issue because that's what happens with me and that's what happens with most people who cannot ever lose weight because their relationship with food doesn't change ever like that is a legitimate thing and the idea that like she's been doing everything she can and nothing is happening I just don't buy it I guess she's been talking about getting um like bariatric surgery which I don't know maybe that'll be a good route for her you know like (laughs) I don't know. I, re- I don't know. That's like up to her and a doctor. I do think that she if she's not willing to make changes now, I don't know if she'll be willing to make changes after bariatric surgery. Also, let me tell you, I know I've talked about this before on my in my rehab in Florida out of like 35 people, five of them had had bariatric surgery, which is a large percentage of the group so obviously they had and all of them had started drinking or using after the surgery or at least like problematically um so that doesn't just go away is what I'm saying that thing in your head doesn't just go away so do I think Kale should get surgery like I don't fucking know if her doctor thinks she should then maybe she should I just like (sighs) I don't really understand what the point of this storyline is like, I don't really know why Kale needed to get on TV and be like, I'm fat. Like, I, I'm i fat, but you're, but don't say anything about it because I have PCOS, so you're not allowed to comment on it. It's like, how about just, like, saying you're fat and you know it and it sucks to have people commenting on you constantly? I don't know. Something about the justification of it felt very moralizing, I guess, where it was like, don't worry, guys. We know Kale's fat, but, like, it's not on purpose. She's actually trying to lose weight, but she can't because of her PCOS. Like, don't be mad at her about it. It's kind of how it feels, and it just is weird. I don't I don't like it. I also don't, like, I don't really get why she's, like, 
inviting this conversation around her. That confuses me. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, this is what we want to focus on. And if I have to fucking hear about PCOS, one more. I don't, I don't want to hear about it. I just do not. She also talked about freezing her eggs, which like, I was going to say if I could afford to freeze my eggs, I would. But actually, like, I am in a position where I theoretically could afford to do it. And now I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend that money on that. Like, (laughs) I think I'd rather buy a house. But if I could freeze my eggs for free, I would. Um, I think that anybody that might want another baby that has the opportunity to freeze their eggs like I think more power to you like if Kayla wants to freeze her eggs fucking go for it and then she can do her gender selection and get a girl like what do I care if she freezes her eggs and I think though her talking about infertility is weird just like Macy like when she's like you know being told that you can no longer have babies and like I'm not saying that's what happens to me but when you're told that it me it really sucks it really sucks and I'm like Kale, I don't think anybody's telling you that. <laughs> like, you've gotten pregnant a lot of times. Kale's been pregnant a lot of times in her life. A lot of times in her life. Like, I think at least eight, according to her, if we believe everything she said. She was pregnant before Isaac, and her mom made her get an abortion. Isaac, Lincoln, then a miscarriage with Javi, then two miscarriages after Javi although it's always been like weird that timeline but according to her she had two miscarriages after that so that's five Lux is six Creed is seven that's a lot of times that you've been pregnant and um so what I'm saying is it's like weird for you to make infertility your storyline it just is but like whatever freeze your eggs I think that could be an interesting process to watch on here uh They haven't done a storyline of any of them freezing their eggs. So I guess like as far as new storylines go, it could be okay. But I just I don't love this. I hope we don't have to hear about we don't have to hear about this anymore. I don't (laughs) I don't really want to hear about it. I want to hear about Kale getting arrested for beating up Chris. Like that's what I want to hear about. You know, by the way, Kale and Brie have been like nonstop fighting online since that fight. And Brie did this like long interview today where she's like I don't care about her I don't care about her but like and then she goes in on why she cares about her and Brie and Kale are so similar I think Kale is mouthier in person and Brie is mouthier online but in general they are both like the most obnoxious type of person to me which is somebody that walks around talking about how much they don't care about something (laughs) and how like somebody who insists they're unbothered and insists they're drama free when it's like the exact opposite you know, like, like Brie obviously has a huge issue with Kale. Kale obviously has a huge issue with Brie, but they're both like, I don't care about her. I don't care about her. And it's like, okay, but like you do care about her. <laughs> you clearly do care about her. So I don't know. Kale. <sighs> oh, God. You know, I just hope that Kale makes. I hope that if Kale wants to lose weight, she's able to lose weight if that's what she wants. And if not, and if she doesn't want to change any of her habits, I hope that she is able to come to a place of peace where she kind of just accepts that her body is the way that it is because I don't think she's there. Oh, and another thing she said was, you know, I had weight loss surgery before. I think I did totally fine with maintaining that. And this is the first time I'm like, are we all on the same planet as Kale? 
because like, yeah, she did weight loss surgery. We know that. Remember when she got her BBL, she also got like the all over lipo, but like she got pregnant very shortly after that. I think she was pregnant. I mean, she was pregnant by like that fall. I'm pretty sure. Right. Because Lux's birthday is in July, I think. So she was pregnant by that fall. Like she got it in January or February. I remember because Javi was coming home from deployment. And then she got pregnant less than a year later. So like, I don't think you maintain that weight loss. Like through no fault of your own, you got pregnant. (laughs) I I don't know. I just, I feel like Kale says, Kale's such a liar that she says stuff. And I'm like, we all know that's not true. So why are we going to do a whole storyline on it? Oh, gosh, that's it for Kale. I mean, I'm not I'm not really interested in whatever this is in her storyline. So let's take a quick break and then we'll get back to it. In an even worse storyline, Leah, Leah Messer Calvert or excuse me, Leah Messer Sims Calvert Messer. I am so fucking bored of you. Holy shit. Holy shit. I did not think that we could be this boring. I would really be fine with them kicking Leah off the show. Honestly, boot Leah and Kale. That would be great. Pull up one of the young and actually pull up one of the fucking 16 and pregnant girls. Young and pregnant better be coming back soon. I just realized August and I was about to be like that's so far away but it's fucking 4th of July next weekend which by the way I think I'm probably gonna take off for the podcast I don't think I've done like a full week off in quite a while and I it is 4th of July next weekend right which is you know I'm the boat person so 4th of July is like a big holiday for me (laughs) it's just the truth I go to the beach 4th of July is a big holiday um so I don't think I will be doing an episode but we'll you know we'll see we'll see how the week shapes up but probably not I just like I don't care about anything happening in Leah's life it's kind of remarkable I would honest to god rather watch Isaac pick out tiles for his bathroom than watch them talk about Addie going back to in-person school and I mean good for Leah right because that means her life is like quite stable as far as we know Leah's life seems really put together and I'll give her fucking credit for that. Leah's doing great. She's doing the best that I think we've ever seen her doing. She's getting along super well with Corey, which she's lucky for that considering all of the shit. Jeremy talked on Corey at that reunion. You know, she's very lucky that Corey and I guess Miranda were willing to forgive her for that. She's getting along with Jeremy without fucking him as far as we know. (laughs) She's not doing like a messy will they won't they with Corey or with Jeremy anymore. The girls seem happy. Everybody seems happy. It's just boring as shit. She's doing her influencer thing. (laughs) I like I don't I don't care about the kid. I that's what it is. How many times can I say I don't fucking care about the kids and Leah's whole storyline is about her children and I don't care. Leah, go get a boyfriend and move your children in with him. You know, like go go do something. Go fuck a married guy on camera. That's what I would like to see from Leah. I would really like to see Leah start dating a married man. <laughs> now that would be entertaining for me. Because <laughs> it's all about me, right? These aren't real people with real lives. It's just about like what I find entertaining on the television show that I watch. I, it's just, Leah, just what are what are we doing here? 
I feel like I keep saying that. What are we doing here? And I would I would like MTV and uh, Larry and what's the other guys? Michael. What's his name? Michael. It's not Michael Friedman. He has the same name as a famous person, but I can't think of it. Um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan J. Friedman. I would like Larry and Morgan and Kiki. Is Kiki still on the show? I feel like we haven't seen Kiki in a while. And Daya. I would like them to get together and ask themselves, what are we doing here? What are we giving this audience? What I would actually really love, ideally, is for them to cancel Teen Mom and Two and Team Mom OG and create a super cast, which I've definitely talked about in the past, where they, you know, slim down the cast. We don't need two versions of this show. <laughs> we absolutely do not need two versions of this show and create a super cast. And as of now, my super cast would be Jade, Brie, Amber. Look, Amber can be boring, but like she's got to say on the show, right? Like <laughs> she has to. Um, I guess Ashley, we could keep Ashley. Mac McKee, that's five. I think that's my super cast. Like, I think I'm fine with everybody else going. I don't I don't need to see Kale anymore. I don't need to see Leah anymore. Um, I don't need to see Macy for sure. I don't need to see Macy, especially if she's not letting the Edwards film. I don't need to see uh, Cheyenne. Nope, definitely don't. Caitlin and Titan. <sighs> okay, actually... I would maybe keep Caitlin and Tyler. Six is maybe too many. Actually, six might be good and they do four a week and kind of rotate who they're showing each week. I think that would be quite nice, actually. I would keep Kate and Tyler because I think that they would be the good touchstones, if you will. Like they're the stable ones, which like LOL, <laughs> LOL forever that they're the stable ones, but they kind of are out of this cast that I'm building. And so I'd really like to see them. Let me know in the comments, feathers underscore pod, what you would like to see in a super cast. By the way, I always forget to mention this at the top of the episode, but you should subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I talk about all sorts of shit on there. Last week, I put out two episodes, one on Super Nanny and then just like a weekend roundup of YouTube drama like Gabby Hanna, the Tati Westbrook coming back video, which was one of the most unhinged things I've ever seen on YouTube, which is really saying a lot. Um, Tati's call to action for the <laughs> the channels that dabble in divination was one of the most surprising things that I've ever seen and <laughs> a lot to say about that. Also, Eric, I talked about Erica Jane on that episode. A little bit of Trisha update, I think, was on that. Um, and then Cara Berry and I this week did an episode on Southern Charm, which I think was really, really funny. It was on season one. We laughed a lot while we did it. Like, actually, that was one of the most fun I've had recording episode in quite a while. Cara's so fun and funny, and I love her to record with her. And then this week, I'm doing an episode on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think it's season five. It's Kenya and Portia's first season. Definitely ready to talk about Kenya and Walter. Remember Walter, who she like supposedly paid to be her boyfriend? And then Portia in her first season and Cordell. Oh boy, do I have a lot to say about that. So come subscribe to my Patreon. You will like it. If you like feathers in my hair, you'll like the shit that I talk about on there. Um, okay, anyway, back to our super cast. So yeah, that's what I want to see. I never want to see Leah again. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't want to see her in my Instagram feed. 
I don't want to see her on my TV. Like, I think I'd be fine just never seeing Leah's face or hearing her name ever again. Now, is that rude? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it's rude. But I am rude. This podcast is quite rude. Um, I I just don't find her entertaining at all. Am I proud of her? Yes, I, I genuinely am. Leah has made a remarkable turnaround in her life. Do I think that Leah has everything together and is she's as stable as she wants us to think she is? Probably not would be my guess, but she has done a very good job of on camera presenting herself as really put together. And there was a long time where she couldn't even like pretend, <laughs> you know, there was a long time she couldn't even pretend to have it together at all. So the fact that she's been able to show up as well as she has been on camera to me has been really impressive. The girls seem really happy. There's there's nothing more to say about her. Like I feel like Leah, we've really put a bow on her. I feel like at the end of this season they really could do like a announcement like Leah's leaving the show. Now, can Leah afford to leave the show? Probably not. Also, like, why would she? You know, at this point, she's getting such a good edit. Even though I know I was like, Leah's going to get a bad edit now that Chelsea's off. Or maybe Princess said that. (laughs) Did I say that or did Princess say that? Sometimes I, like, remember Princess's thoughts of being my own. (laughs) But usually I agree with what she's saying. (laughs) I wanted Princess to just do feathers in my hair for me this week. But, you know, she has her own life really rude but we thought that Leah would be getting a worse edit to kind of like make up for Chelsea being gone that she would be getting a lot more focus but instead Leah's getting the good edit I mean I I don't even know if it's a good edit honestly I think her life is just good and manageable and to that I say bye-bye Kale's getting the good edit Kale's the person that's getting the significantly good edit the fact that they're not fucking including her arrest tells you everything you know need to know about who's getting the good edit but like To me, this seems like a natural place for us to part ways with Leah. Like, this to me is the place where we wave goodbye. It makes total sense. Like, everything in her life is really going well. She doesn't do anything. (laughs) Like, I hate to say it. I mean, I don't hate to say it. I love to say it. Like, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't seem to have projects. She doesn't volunteer as far as we know, really. She doesn't really seem to be passionate about anything, which like fair enough. Okay. Like some people just aren't and that's totally fine. Um, I mean, my passion is like reality TV and YouTube. So truly who am I one to talk, right? Like I don't have any hobbies that I can like openly talk about in job interviews. (laughs) When they ask me what my hobby is, I say I like to go for walks and do yoga. Like, that's not real. My real hobbies are watching 18 minutes of Tati Westbrook explaining why she's the victim. (laughs) So who am I to criticize Leah? You know, but as we all know, I'm nothing if not a hypocrite. The whole point of this podcast is that I'm a fucking idiot and I'm up here criticizing people for things that I do. I am aware of that. Like, I, I do know that I do that. Does it make it okay because I know? Probably not. But I do know. But Leah, like, has nothing to offer this world. She's just not that bright, and that's okay. But to her, I say au revoir. You know? Like, let's bid her adieu. Let's get out of here. What is it that uh, Heidi would say on Project Runway, Avita Zine? Like, let's do it. Let, let's say it. Let's say farewell. We'll sing the... um 
the what's it called the sound of music song is that from sound of music goodbye farewell avita zing good night yes yes we'll sing that sound of music song <laughs> and we'll be out oh i haven't watched the sound of music in so long I, I used to like have this family that i babysat for my mom's friends which by the way i was like 11 babysitting which in retrospect feels very crazy and I would make them watch The Sound of Music because I love that. And they'd be like, please, no, it's so boring. I'm like, guess what we're going to do tonight? <laughs> also, it's crazy because the oldest one is only three years younger than me. It was like 11 babysitting like an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and like a baby. <laughs> I don't know why I was allowed to do that. <laughs> the baby, by the way, starts at Duke Law in the fall. I'm very proud of him. It's like crazy. Also, the oldest one just graduated from Villanova Law. And then the middle one uh, works in an accounting firm. Poor middle one. She's always had the toughest. <laughs> Both the parents are lawyers. <laughs> middle one's not a lawyer, but she's doing very well. And I'm very, she was always my favorite, actually. Um, anyway, where was I? Oh, Leah Avitazine. You know, get out of here. Is that even how you say it? I don't know. Oh, maybe I'll get to go to Europe. My cousin Leslie and I were going to go to Europe in 2020 and then the pandemic happened or she was planning a trip because we were going to go to Germany to see my grandparents like home village I don't know if they're called villages in Germany but like the house my grandma grew up in is still there I guess according to Leslie who is like the family genealogist which is interesting isn't it interesting how families will have like one person who's just like obsessed with the history and everyone else is like cool thanks like, like I care about it but I also like kind of don't but she wants to go there and see it and her daughter was going to be studying abroad in France last year which obviously didn't happen but maybe we will go next year that would be really fun to do that um yeah okay nobody cares about that let's move on to Ashley because Brie and Jade are once again together okay I I feel insane watching Ashley's segment this week. I am so confused. No, I'm not confused at all, actually. <laughs> actually, I'm not confused at all. I know exactly what's going on, right? That they're all in denial that Barr is an alcoholic and that Ashley is in deep denial that Barr is an alcoholic. I get what's going on there. Like my rational part of me knows what's going on there. But like the emotional part of me is like, is this seriously happening? Like, is this really what's happening? So they're going to Napa to celebrate bar not drinking anymore, <laughs> which is true, true, true alcoholic logic, by the way. Like, <laughs> if you go to an AA meeting today, it's Sunday, go, go find a 12 o'clock AA meeting. <laughs> walk in there and you can find six people who at one point got a little bit of time of sobriety and then celebrated by drinking. <laughs> like that is so classic. It's a tale as old as time, right? Because we tell ourselves like now that we've stopped, we've showed ourselves that we can stop. So it's not a big issue. So I'm going to control drink now. Like that is a really classic thing for an addict of any kind. I know I also do this with food. Um, Like I'll eat well a week. Look, that language is problematic. I fucking know. I know. I know. I'm trying to move towards body neutrality. I want to get rid of diet culture. It's seared into my brain. I think of all food as either being good or bad. It's not great, but it's just, I don't know how to get rid of it. I am like aware of it and consciously trying, but like I'll eat 
healthy all week and then as a reward I'll like eat a stromboli and it's like (laughs) who does that help nobody but that's how my fucked up brain works and it's really common in addicts and alcoholics that will do this thing where we will like hit a consequence or sometimes not even hit a consequence just like make a decision that we need to like have a little change so we'll go without drinking or using and that we've proved ourselves that we could so then we'll do it again and then like rinse and repeat, right? That's exactly what's going on here. And, you know, Ashley likes to pretend like she has a good head on her shoulders, but she looks like a fucking idiot in this episode is all I have to say about that. Like the bar of it all, I get the bar of it all when talking about alcoholism. (laughs) It's not lost on me. But like bar being an alcoholic and not having a grasp on that, I get. Ashley, I feel... I mean, look, in real life, like Ashley is every alcoholic significant other at some point, right? Like the reality is, is I've talked about this extensively with the Edwards family. Like people don't know what to do when they have a loved one that's close to them that has a drug or alcohol problem. You don't just like fucking know how to make boundaries. You don't just know what you're supposed to be doing. It's why people go to support groups, right? If not Al-Anon, they go to see therapists, whatever. They get help. I mean... (laughs) And Al-Anon, the idea is that you have the disease of codependency. I think they call it a disease because they use the 12 steps. So I'm assuming they call it a disease. I don't know. If you go to Al-Anon, let me know. But they have codependency in which they have to recover from, right? So I guess that's not, obviously it's not for everybody because not everybody's into the 12 steps, rightfully so. But a lot of people like don't understand why an alcoholic or a drug addict can't use and they are so desperate for that person to be normal that they allow a lot of behavior that they should not allow and the fact that Ashley has seemingly done no research at all on this um look I'm really moving into a place of harm reduction of people doing their best of meeting people where they are of believing that not everybody has to have the same journey and not everybody's sobriety has to look the same. You know, I really I really don't want to say that bar has to be 100% sober, but what I will say is that bar has okay, so bar has had a significant life change as a result of not drinking, right? Like his life has gotten significantly better. He was able to go an entire year without drinking. So sorry, here's my AA thinking like, why are you going to drink again? Like why, why tempt fate? Like you have learned that not drinking makes your life better. So stop fucking drinking, dude. (laughs) Stop it. Stop doing it. You can and you should. I think that for some people, they are able to like successfully moderate, but for me, it doesn't seem worth it for Barr to try. And he's still very young, right? So it's really hard when you're young, actually when you're old at any time. I mean, it it's in the big book that the obsession of every drinker is that one day they'll drink like a normal man. And like, or it's the obsession of every alcoholic that one day they'll be able to drink like the normal man, which is fucking true, right? Like we are all so desperate to just be able to do what everybody else does, which is have drinks or drugs, have fun, not really face consequences and not have it disrupt the rest of our lives. But if you're like me, that doesn't work. And I think bars like me. 
And so this idea that now he has to like go test if he's able to have like a moderation is really silly to me. It's really, it's truly just putting his hand on the stove to see if it burns him. (laughs) I'm like, I know I'm going into full AA and full big book right now, but I do think that Barr would actually quite benefit from AA in the 12 steps um, because the shit that I hear him say is like so classic alcohol. Like it's so classically addressed in the big book, the type of stuff that he says, Um, like everything he said, like when, okay, so they're in Napa with friends and he's talking about how he can drink, how he can't drink Hennessy. Hennessy is the drink that gets him in trouble. And like, I know there are definitely people that don't have alcohol problems that like don't touch hard liquor or they don't drink wine or they don't drink beer for whatever reason. Like, I'm not saying that if you have to do that, you're an alcoholic. Like, um, I mean, I have plenty of friends that like just don't drink hard liquor anymore because they would drink too much of it and they don't want to drink it anymore. So they just have wine and beer. No judgment at all for me there. It's like, cool. You realize that wasn't working for you and this is. That's great. But Barr is like doing this thing, in my opinion, where he's like... (laughs) Okay, well, Hennessy is actually the problem. It's not alcohol, it's Hennessy. So, like, I can drink this wine in moderation. And I think that nothing in Barr's life has shown that he won't go back to where he was. It just seems like such a stupid risk. And Ashley says, here, I wrote this down actually word for word because I thought it was sad, interesting. I don't know. She says, I'm kind of excited to enjoy alcohol with him again. We're young. We go to bars. We hang out with our friends that drink. It's just really hard to maintain that line of what's appropriate, but I don't see him going overboard. Not only is Barn seen Bar seen the consequences of what drinking can do, but I also feel like he generally genuinely felt the consequences, like me leaving him, him not having his family. So I hope together we're able to navigate what this ankle monitor being off means. Here's the deal, guys. If you have to say something like that, like your significant other is an alcoholic and shouldn't be drinking. That's just the bottom line. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, It's just so obvious to me. And that's why, like, I think what's like pinging me here is that bar is so classic AA. And I think that anybody that listens to this that's in AA, like, let me know if you and you watch this week's episode, like, let me know if this is pinging for you too. Because it really doesn't for me for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I don't personally really think like Ryan would necessarily benefit from 12 stuff, step stuff. Like, I, I Ryan needs to be on like a maintenance program probably. He needs to be on Suboxone. But somebody like Barr, who is really desperate for love and family and connection, um, I think would just do so well in the rooms and I think that he would get a lot from reading the book um, because I think a lot of the book identifies the stuff that he says. And I think he'd be one of those people who read through the book with a strong sponsor and would really relate to it. And Ashley needs to learn that. Um, It sucks for Ashley that she's going to keep going through this, right? Like, it also sucks that um, she is, look, Bar drinking is not Ashley's responsibility. And I want to make that clear, but I know that. It's not up to Ashley to decide if Bar drinks or not. But it is up to her to decide if she's going to drink with him or not. And the idea that like Ashley seemed, well, I'm sure MTV came up with this plan, but like it seems like Ashley's the one that decided they should go to Napa. Ashley's saying things like, I'm excited to drink with him again. Like, Ashley, you're part of the problem. How about you give 
bar, a space in which like you, (laughs) you are, I mean, I don't, she doesn't need to be sober with him. I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this. Ashley would really benefit from giving bar an environment in which he does not feel like drinking would add anything to his life. And it's clear that Ashley's not providing that environment. And it's not Ashley's responsibility to provide that environment. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think that like if you are in a relationship like you, that person is your partner. Ashley wants to marry this man. Right. And like when you're married, you have to make certain concessions for your partner to ensure that like they are living the best life they can. And so Ashley being over here and planning trips to Napa Valley and saying things like, I'm excited for us to drink together again, it's just not good. She she has to recognize her part in it too, I guess is what I'm saying. Not that she's responsible for Bar being an alcoholic or for whatever happens when Bar drinks, but like she needs to dig into the fact that like her fiance, like, got in a serious, serious trouble for being alcoholic. Um, You guys got into physical fights when he was drunk, like awful things happened while he was drunk. And you see a year of him sober and you are so happy with that year. Like, why do you want to drink with him? Why is that? Like, tap into that. Like, yeah, they are young, but they're also not that young, right? Like they're 25, I think. So they're young. Yeah, but like, also, like, they fucking lived in Vegas. Like, they lived the party life for quite a while. And it's like, I'm not saying that Ashley can't drink and that she has to be sober because Barr has to be sober. That's, I don't, I don't believe that. But I do think that, like, something is going on with her if she doesn't realize, like, she shouldn't be excited to drink with him. <laughs> she just shouldn't. Um, You know, they talked to Pastor T and Ted and T is like, okay, well, like, I'm happy for you, but I also haven't seen you drink yet. So I don't know. Ashley and Barr are like, no, it's totally fine. It's going to be so fine. This is going to be so great. And like, yeah, it does seem like it went okay. <sighs> My thing is, it's like, and I've talked about this a lot, right? Like, I think I could go have a wine weekend. Like, I think today I could go on a fucking five-day trip to Napa and drink the whole time and be totally fine, not face any consequences, not get out of control, be like in a decent amount of moderation. I mean, I'm sure I'd get drunk. I haven't had a drink in seven years. I'm sure my tolerance is quite low. But like, I really think I could do controlled drinking. But for me, it isn't worth it. Because if not drinking means that I don't have to face the consequences that I faced again, then to me, that's that's the deal, right? That's a deal that is so worth it. So when he, like, he has a good weekend this time, okay, so this is how the alcoholic thinks. By the way, I'm not really, that's not true. I mean, I'm not an alcoholic and like, it's, I've never, alcohol has never been my main drug of choice is what I'm saying. Like I never liked alcohol as much as I like drugs ever. But to say I'm not an alcoholic is kind of silly because I was like a blackout drinker, like regularly a blackout drinker. And when I did drink, I felt like I had to get, not, that's not even true. I didn't even, like I could easily leave a drink on the bar. You know what I mean? I could easily not finish a drink. Like you hear a lot like uh, alcoholics say like they could never leave a sip left in a drink. Like that's not how I drank. But I do know that like 
once you let your inhibitions down like that, you're opening yourself up to other behavior. And I could do this like with, I think drugs would be more accurate for me, but I call myself an alcoholic because I got sober in AA. And I do think that like I have a problem with alcohol and that like when I drank, like bad things would happen a lot of the times. Um, so my I my drinking is very different from bars, but I I know his mentality. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I would imagine what happens is he goes to this wine weekend. It's fine. So next time he has some more wine. Then the next time he has beer. Then he has the thing that he really fucking wants, which is Hennessy. And then after he has that, he gets blackout drunk and they do this whole system again. That's the thing like for some of us, moderation doesn't work. Because when we try and moderate, our brains are like, just have that thing that you want instead. (laughs) Like, what are we doing here, dum-dum? Like, you don't want to drink this wine. You want to go drink some Hennessy. So go drink some Hennessy, especially with alcohol, because he could be three wines in, right? And like feeling good. And now his inhibitions are down and he has lost his like fine motor skills and he is no longer thinking clearly. And he's with people that maybe encourage him to do it. And he's not thinking about consequences because he's drunk. And so drunk him is making the decision to drink more and drunk him is making that decision to drink Hennessy. My mentality is like, I never want to be in a state of intoxication because I don't trust myself intoxicated. I know that if I am sober, I'm not going to do drugs. (laughs) Like if I am sober, I'm not going to do heroin. Like that I know. If I'm drunk, will I do heroin? I don't know because I don't have control when I'm drunk. Nobody has like control when they're drunk. I don't mean to say that if you're drunk that you have no control over anything, but right? That's the whole point. Like your inhibitions are down. Like that's what being drunk is. So it's just, it doesn't seem worth it to me that Barr would put himself in this position. I don't understand why Ashley's cheering him on. I mean, I understand because she wants to have fun and she wants her partner to be normal. Use that in quotation marks, normal. I, that's what she wants and who doesn't, right? So Ashley wants him to just be normal and fine, but he's not, uh, T definitely seems more reserved, which I'm I'm glad. Uh, Ted takes Bar out for lunch and basically is like, I'm really proud of you. You're doing really well. Like, keep it up, which is good. Like, watching this is just hard, you know, because they're <laughs> all this whole episode. They're just talking about how well Bar is doing because he stopped drinking while also showing him drink <laughs> into an AA like me that's hard to watch. <laughs> that's really fucking hard to watch. Um, it It's nonsensical to me. It really is. And like I said, I would really like to see Barr um, go to a meeting. I think he would really benefit. Also, did you all notice when they uh, blow dried Holly's hair, they had her in one of those old fashioned hair dryer things? Really cute. <laughs> Holly just sitting there getting her hair blown was so funny to me. (laughs) She's so cute. But yeah, Bar, I mean, good luck. I hope it goes well. I'm assuming it didn't because he got arrested again. Um, I mean, I guess I hope he was sober when he was arrested, but I would guess he probably, I don't know, is that worse or better if he got arrested sober? That's a hard question to answer, right? Like, is it better if he got arrested sober because that means he's not drinking or is it better that he got arrested drunk because at least we know this behavior is like not him and it it's alcohol 
And if he stops drinking, then he can make some changes. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. I'm sure it's not going to be on this season. But I need some more information about it. All right. Let's bring it home. We're going to do Jade and Brie together because they had a segment together. Let me tell you. I have a lot of shit to talk about the DeJesus family, right? Like these people are not perfect, but watching them this week was so fucking heartwarming. It said so much about their character. Um, I feel like it was such a good example of who they are as people. I They have so many faults, but the thing is like, you know, if like you are down on your luck or something's going on like they invite you into your home into their home and help take care of you they did it with devoyne when he was homeless they let him live there for a while like i really believe that they are people that want to help i think that they i think that like them being such a strong family together is such a benefit to others that they're close with because i think that they are able to like stick together in an, a way to help other people. If that, I, I don't think I'm wording this the way that I want to word it, but like, I just was so impressed with Brie, with Shirley, with Roxanne, with Brittany, with everybody. I was, it made me feel really good to see Jade in this situation. Um, Jade doesn't have many people in her life who care for her. And I think that she keeps them around because she doesn't think she deserves to be cared for. And that's sad. And I hope that, you know, the fact is, like, Brie doesn't really know Jade that well. Like, I don't, I'm not convinced that Brie knows her parents' name or her child's name. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I'm not get because she just kept saying the mom, the dad, the baby. Like, I don't even know if Brie knows any of her family members' names. But Brie went down to Miami, which, by the way, is, like, not that close to Orlando. I'm pretty sure, like, West Palm Beach to Orlando is, like, three hours, but I don't, no turnpike wise what Miami to Orlando is but it's not it's not nothing right like it's I would assume it's at least a two-hour drive I think it's closer to three hours so for Brie to like go down there and send her family away and bring her back was just so nice to see but we'll start out with Jade so Jade is finally like talking into the camera she's in so much pain she says she's having a panic attack every single day Jade, once you heal from this, like you have to go to therapy. <laughs> you have to go to therapy. Uh, it is, you don't have to live like that. I wonder if she's on medicine. Like, I know she takes Xanax or whatever, but like, I like Jade, baby, go get some Lexapro, go get a therapist, create some boundaries with your family. Like, it fucking sucks to feel that way, right? Like, to have a panic disorder like that. Like, that fucking sucks. And I don't think that Jade thinks she can do anything to fix it, which is sad. So she is just like so ready to go home. She wants her family out of there, which it makes sense. I think that the rental didn't look like that night. It didn't look not nice, but also it looked um very Florida. Like if that makes sense. I mean, you all, well, <laughs> most of you probably didn't see it because you don't have to watch this fucking show like I do. But it looked very like Spanish style, like it was tiled. Um, a lot of Florida homes are quite cold in a way. I, that's not really correct. I don't know how to describe it. But because houses are built to stay cool, like 
they're not very like cozy, if you will. Like a home like Jade is used to, which probably has carpets and lots of blankets around. <laughs> and like, I I can imagine feeling like uncomfortable in the house that she was in. I guess is what I'm saying. Like it's just so different from her house at home. I mean, I love I love houses in Florida. Like I love a vintage, not vintage, but like a historical Spanish style home in South Florida beautiful like keep that tile keep the wood the weird parquet floors like I love that shit but I can understand that like it probably feels very unlike her home and it feels very much like she's in a rental and I'm somebody that like hates after a while like I I need to be able to like come to my house and be with my stuff I always say like even if I have the things that I like where I am like I'm always relieved to come back to my stuff I think Part of it is just like being an introvert. And I kind of think Jade is that way too. But like coming into like the safety of my bedroom specifically is really important to me. And like after trips, I'm always like so relieved to come back into my house. And I think most people are like that, right? So I can understand that Jade is just like anxious to get out of there. And she gets cleared to fly home, which is crazy. Um, She's going to fly first class. <laughs> So she has some more room and Sean's going to walk her up and down the aisle occasionally. It's only like an hour and a half flight from Miami to Indianapolis. Sean keeps saying straight through. And I'm like, do you normally, if it's only an hour and a half flight, do you really, do you normally connect? I mean, I guess sometimes I would connect in like Charlotte is a pretty common connection from like uh, Fort Lauderdale to Pennsylvania to Philly. But I don't know. Once I connected in Michigan, when I was leaving, when I was fleeing from Hurricane Irma, when I was evacuating, we like transferred to Michigan, which was weird. I'd never done that before. I cried when we got to Michigan. <laughs> that was the worst week of my entire life. And that's not true. But that was a really bad week. Like a real, oh my God. I am so glad to not live in a place with hurricanes anymore. I, my anxiety is like not it for hurricanes. It is the dread of spending multiple days <laughs> just waiting for something to come and destroy your home is so intense. It's uh, it's just not great for somebody with anxiety. And I I can't be blase about anything. Like not only do I have anxiety, but like I'm essentially a prepper. Like <laughs> in a different environment, like I would be a full doomsday prepper. Like I am somebody that needs to have everything put together. And I like it, when a hurricane was coming, like I because I like follow the weather. And so I would know like before everybody else, <laughs> not everybody else, but like I would follow like weather pages or whatever. So I would see really early when something was starting to come up. I would like start prepping then and like buying water and food and just like going insane. And yeah, it fucking sucked. And then I would spend like a week with Irma, I think for over a week, I was waiting for the hurricane to come just like with dread because I'd been following this one page for Harvey updates. Remember Hurricane Harvey happened right before that? And they were like, wow, look at this thing that's forming. And so I just spent like a week and a half like thinking that this Category 5 hurricane was just going to bear down on me. And it's the worst. And it's so fucking weird to leave work. Um, And you're just like, okay, bye. Hope to see you again. Like it's such a weird feeling when you're not used to it. When you're not used to like evacuating and you're not used to the instability of that is really nuts. Also, like the idea, like, should I evacuate? Should I not? When it just sucks. It And also like having the privilege to evacuate is <laughs> wild. Okay. I'm so fucking off topic. 
I think I was talking about the flight home, how I got to, oh, Irma. Okay. <laughs> so Brie and Charlie are going to go there because they are really worried about the idea that Jade is not healing well and that she's going to fly home. Roxanne's like, no, she can't fly. She's like, are you kidding me? Like, she's going to get blood clots, which, yeah, is very true. Like, she shouldn't be flying. Actually, my great aunt died of a blood clot because she had broken her leg and then flew to Pennsylvania and then got a blood clot and died. And she was pretty young. Like, this was, I don't know, she was in her 70s, I think, but she was in very good health, like very good health. She was an athlete her whole life and she just dropped dead from a blood clot that I guess caused a shark or whatever whatever blood clots do, I don't quite understand. But yeah, because and it was because of her broken leg and flying. So it like it is really serious. And Roxanne is totally right that she shouldn't be doing that. So they get to Jade's. Jade is sleeping and Sean's like, we're leaving tonight. And Bree's like, no, I don't think I don't think so. I really don't think you should do that. So Jade and Charlie go, excuse me, Brie and Charlie go into Jade's room to talk to her and they're like, you cannot fly. Jade is upset. She's like, this has been just a disaster. She's like, I just want to go home. I just need to get home. Also, I get that. I bet Jade feels very out of control in Florida. Um, Just like, I can't imagine the situation that Jade is in, honestly. <laughs> Once again, like Jade did everything wrong in this situation that she could have as far as the surgery and recovery. She made such a stupid decision, honestly. Like, just everything she did was so, so stupid. Relying on any of those people that she knows are unreliable, not going to, like, any sort of recovery center or bringing in a nurse. She just, it was all bad decisions. So she's like, this is just awful and she says, I don't know what to do because nobody gives a fuck about me. Bree's like, you cannot fly. You cannot fly. And Jade's like, I have to fly. Nobody cares about me here. I have to get home. And Bree's like, no, you're going to come to my house. And she's like, look, I have a walk-in shower. We have clean sheets. She kept emphasizing that they had clean sheets, which led me to believe that there was a problem with the sheets at Jade's home. I wonder if she wasn't sleeping on sheets at that rental. Like, I wonder if maybe she had, like, bled on them and then they never put new sheets on. But Bree said, like, five times that she was going to have clean sheets, which, I mean, is important. I love clean sheets. But I was like, I wonder what's going on in there. Because we haven't really been inside any of Jade's areas, right? Understandably so. So Sean comes in and he's like, what's going on? And Jade's like... I don't know what to do. They're just like making me so scared to fly. Like I'm going to die or something. <laughs> like, yeah, you might. It's not funny, but it is. Sean is upset by this because he's like, I can't just leave her in Florida. Like that, that's crazy. Like, what does it look like for somebody's like boyfriend to just leave her? And Brie and Shirley make a, uh, uh, like, I'm just so impressed with the way that Brie and Shirley handled this from the jump. They weren't mean. They weren't overbearing, but they were very firm. And I think it's so good that they've experienced it because Brie was like, I know how to take care of you. She goes, this is like my third or fourth surgery. <laughs> but it made sense. And it's right. She, Brie's like, I know what you're going through. I can help you shower. I have a walk-in shower. And she was so compassionate to Jade, which I think is just something that Jade does not get. I think that we all know that Jade is the one that takes care of everybody else and nobody takes care of Jade. Um, and she's just like, they were so good at 
not being like bullies into forcing Jade to do what they wanted her to do or creating more drama with like Sean or Christy. They just kind of were like, this is the best option and I need you to do this, please. So Sean is kind of flipped out and they're like, Sean, you are helping her by going home because you're going to bring the baby home so she can actually heal. She can't heal here. And, you know, they all agree to it, which is really surprising. And Brianna calls Roxanne and is like, some, you know, we're bringing her here. Like, she can't fly home. And Roxanne is just like, okay. And like, I know this is Bree's home that she owns, but like, you know, even if Roxanne owned that house, like, they would be letting Jade come in. Like, I feel like I could be in Kissimmee, Florida, and like something happened. I could be like, Bree, can I come over? And she'd be like, yeah, it's okay. Do you need to stay the night? Like, I just think at their heart, they're like pretty nice people who care about other people and want to help other people. Now, do I think like Brie is petty and can be a bitch a lot of the times? Like, yeah, of course. Do I think Roxanne has like a rage problem that seemingly isn't so bad anymore, but probably is still bad? Like, yeah, of course. But like at the end of the day, they're there for people. And like I said, I'm not sure that Brie even knows Christie's name. I, like they're really not close. I wonder if that was only like the second or third time Brie even really met Jade, you know? And to not only be like to, I mean, going down to visit her was nice enough and taking over when she needed to was nice enough. But like, this is not MTV, right? Like Brie is not getting anything from doing this. This is not like an extra filming assignment. Brie has agreed, like Brie this is Bree's idea. Clearly, like, Bree wants to do this. She wants to help. And I think it says a lot about her. I do. So they fill up an air mattress so that Jade can, like, sleep on it as they drive home. Because, like I said, it's not just up the street. It's a couple hours. And Jade says, it just made me feel so sad. She was like, people never, she was like, you know, people never go out of their way to do shit for me like this, ever. They just never help me like this. And I don't know, guys. It's just sad. Like, I don't particularly like Jade. Honestly, I don't really like Brie that much. But to know that in such a vulnerable moment, somebody was there for Jade in that way really felt nice to watch. Like, it was actually a heartwarming scene on this fucking TV show. Like, I and I believe Jade when she says that. Like, I would bet that she's also not like the easiest person to help. Like I would bet friends have probably tried and she's that type that's like, I'll never ask for help. I never need help. Like, you know, Jade is very much like that. So I'm not saying that like nobody has ever tried to help her, but like I believe her when she says that like when she's talking about like family or Sean or whatever, that like nobody really goes out of their way to like make such an effort to help her. And after this last week of just being in such an awful situation, I can't imagine what a relief it was. They get home and like, (laughs) it was just so cute. Like it was so cute. Jade is propped up in a chair and Shirley, Brie, Rox and Brittany are like sitting at the table watching her. And I just thought like it was so cute because it was probably just like such the opposite of what was happening in that rental house with like Sean screaming, her mom screaming, Chloe screaming, just like how all like what a mess it was. It was probably uncomfortable. She seemed uncomfortable. And to just like be in this situation where there are these four women that like want to help you. And by the way, like major props to Shirley too. Like Shirley doesn't have to be there. Shirley could have 
been like, okay, bye. And like, but she still seems to be coming around. I really like Shirley. I think also, I think Shirley's a very good filming friend. You know, I think that Brie um, just like doesn't bring a lot of her friends on this show. And I think Shirley is a good filming friend, kind of like Chelsea Grace was for Chelsea. I think Brie is a good friend. I think Brie sucks in a lot of ways, like a lot of ways, but I bet she's a good friend. I I believe that to be true. And watching these four women just like be there for Jade at such a sad and vulnerable time really meant a lot. I will say Jade says that she would never do the surgery again. She didn't realize how hard it was. And she's like, and people don't feel bad for you. She's like, and because it's like cosmetic, they think like you chose to do it. So they don't feel bad for you. Um, Jade is like, they, you know, they don't feel bad for me because it's like, I chose this, but like, they don't know how hard this is. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean, I, like, I feel bad for you because I feel bad for anybody in pain, but like, yeah, you chose it. (laughs) How is your choice? Um, there's a funny moment at the end where, well, first they show, they show us that Brie is showering her, which is like so nice. And Roxanne even says, she's like, your good friend, Brie. And she said, you know, I looked over there and I saw you showering her and I thought, wow, that's my daughter. That really, that made me feel good. (laughs) That was, that really made, that I did like the Grinch grin, you know, that gif of the Grinch like grinning. That was me in that moment. My black heart swelled two sizes. Um, They also say that Roxanne is like, Jade, you can stay here as long as you want. Like you just need to get healthy. You can stay here a week, two weeks. Um, Basically, it's like an open invitation. Brie was sleeping on the floor. Like they really went out of their way to help her. And then there's a funny moment where <laughs> Brie's helping her to the bathroom and Roxanne goes, Jade, there are Clorox wipes in there. And Jade goes, for my coochie? <laughs> Which she did say it like kind of like I assume she meant for cleaning up the bathroom when she was finished. But it was like kind of weird, like. I guess they want her to like wipe off after she uses the bathroom. I don't know. After she uses the toilet seat. But like she kind of said it like there's toilet paper in there. (laughs) Oh, it's just really funny. I just am so glad that Brie and Shirley went and saved Jade. I'm sure Jade is glad. She's very lucky to have Brie in that situation. I mean, like I said, I don't think they're very close. And at such a vulnerable moment, for Brie to step up like that I think speaks highly towards her character and I think that's it for this week um you know we'll see we'll see what next week brings us <laughs> if you want to hear more about my thoughts on YouTube reality TV life in general come over to patreon.com slash Liz explains um and for five dollars you can get access to like I think like 110 episodes at this point probably more I don't know, but definitely over 100 episodes of me talking about shit that is not Teen Mom related. <laughs> I have a whole Sister Wives series. I did a shit ton of Sister Wives episodes. I think I'm going to do another Sister Wives episode soon. Just like a, a pop in on a random season episode. I haven't watched Sister Wives in a while and I would like to jump in there, but I have a bunch of Sister Wives episodes, a million episodes on YouTube and YouTube drama. Um, random episodes like on Kelly Rutherford's custody case, which is, I think, one of the most iconic episodes of all time. Just whatever I want to fucking talk about. Upcoming, I'm doing a My Fair Brady episode sometime in July. I think I'm going to do a Mormon Mommy Vloggers episode. 
I'm doing an episode on the Osbournes with Troy, hopefully in the next couple weeks. I have some fun stuff planned. So come on over, join me over there, and I will talk to you guys next week. Love ya. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.